Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bums Breakdown. Today we're doing a two-parter, the Luden United or Loudon United preview, as well as the Memphis 901 preview, as always, joined by Dylan. We will go over the last game to begin with, though. Um, honestly, uh, what I would probably say one of the worst losses so far this season, 3-1 to Orange County. Dylan, uh, I know we've had kind of a, a day or so to kind of get our thoughts together and stuff after that last game. Um, has your opinion at all changed since Saturday? And kind of how are you feeling about the game now? Um, to be completely honest with you, I haven't tried my best to not think about the game um, since it happened. I uh, I was pretty frustrated for sure and still am. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say worst loss of the season, but I think you could absolutely make a great case for that. I think RGV at home is also pretty bad. Um, but <laughs> I'm not here to rehash all of our terrible losses at home. So, yeah, it was not good. Um, we seemed up for it in the first half um, and then totally fell apart in the second half. And I, I, you know, I have some questions about some decisions made there, but we'll get into that a little bit, I guess. But, um, yeah, overwhelmingly a pretty frustrating game, um, and a great banger scored by Evan Conway gone to waste. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would, I would say the first half, as far as first halves go for us, obviously a uh, kind of early goal from Evan Conway, um, and I think we looked on top, and then it just kind of came down to that one key change. Honestly, the fact that Perez came off um, at halftime for Darmus and. Again, I, I think it's a weird one, the fact that your kind of top goal scorer gets pushed to kind of right wing back. And I know obviously Perez has had a great time there at right wing back himself, but I, I just don't think Conway um, is a wing back and kind of playing that role and, and nothing against him. But he's not a defensive minded player and I wouldn't say Perez really is too much either. Um, I just don't really get that change. And I mean, for you, I guess, would you say that's kind of the, the main kind of the defining factor in this game is that change at halftime? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I unless unless Perez is hurt, I genuinely I've tried to think of it in different ways. I can't come up with any one real good reason for that change. Um, I get maybe wanting to shift around the front line a little bit, maybe, but I I don't. I think Perez was one of our best players on the day and is one of our hottest players in the last month or so. Um, and I just, it seemed like a weird one. I can't, I still can't really figure out what the thought process there was. Unless, of course, unless Perez is hurt. But yeah, he comes off at halftime and then, what, seven minutes later, the 52nd minute, Among scores the first goal for OC. So, I mean, it happened pretty quickly, um, the change there. And uh, it's, it's yeah, that was a baffling one. I, I For all the great decisions Nate has made this year, where there's like a clear reason for it, this is probably one of the, the most... Uh, eyebrow raising ones yeah I think obviously we know that if there was an injury I kind of I, I don't blame that decision as much um, and again it, we know how loyal are as far as how injuries go they don't always admit to us if it's an injury here and there and maybe even after the game Nate could have said hey like that's the reason why I got taken off and I've not seen kind of the extensive interviews that Nate's done I've only seen that one kind of um, clip about being disappointed and I think it's more just kind of the generic kind of answer after the losses we've had this season but I I'm surprised I've not heard anything more about that. Um, but I mean, like I said, take away the injury to Perez. If there was an injury for the change, um, kind of what other key takeaways do you have from this game? Um, I, I, there's not a lot much else for me to take away from this game, honestly. Um, we looked really good in the first half, kind of keeping up the trend from Colorado Springs and Dortmund. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It, 
it does feel like sometimes when the, the occasion comes calling, um, San Diego Loyal often don't rise to the occasion. Um, and this was a big game we were all hyped for. Um, you know, Orange County were rolling. They released these awesome new jerseys. And it just, I don't know, fell flat. I don't I don't have a lot of positives to take away from this one, unfortunately, other than that fantastic finish by Conway. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Is It's tough, really, to take positives from this. I know... We've kind of had games this season where we maybe haven't performed well, we've got the result, or we've kind of performed really well and we haven't got the result. Um, and I think this is one of those ones that I guess doesn't happen too often as far as basically the result and performance both weren't good enough. And I know kind of there was, a, for, I mean, at least for a man's goal, I, I wouldn't say there were kind of clear-cut chances kind of um, bounce around the box, but the fact is the defence still is kind of a, a big weakness for us. Um, and if, I mean, we used to score one goal or game, but the way our defence is playing, I mean, we need to score at least kind of two, three goals a game to at least kind of, I guess, solidify um, a result come the end. And I think obviously going over kind of the takeaways, like I said, there really isn't too much, at least for us. I think obviously congrats to OC. Um, they deserved a win come the end. I can't take anything away from them. Um, decent away crowd for them as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, obviously these big games come for the loyal and we don't seem to play well. I mean, we can always go back to kind of the playoff game last season. I felt like this, this game here was probably if not one of the biggest games of the season so far. Um, and again, we come up short. And I got here as well, does this does this one loss kind of change expectations? And I know we, especially as a lower, lower fans, we kind of, one week is like, ah, we're doing terrible. We're, we're not going to make the playoffs, not going to get a home playoff game. Next week, we go on a kind of a two, three game winning streak, beat Colorado back to back, score seven goals, don't concede any. Um, and we're kind of on the moon again, but it's... Uh, I don't know, for you, does it really, does this result change anything in the long run? Or is it most just a, do you think it's a little blip on the, on the road? Um, probably somewhere in between. Um, I'm not ready to like change my season expectations yet here. Um, especially because Orange County are very hot right now. And I think if anything I can say with certainty about any given USL championship season is that every team will have a run and every team will have like a shit stretch as well. Um, I mean, look at El Paso. They were flying top of the table, and now they're awful. Memphis, same deal. Um, so anyway, the point being, I don't know that this necessarily like has to be doom and gloom, like change of the guard, or not of the guard, but you know what I mean, change of expectations. But I will say, I kind of to myself, and I maybe said it on this podcast, although I don't think I did, going into this stretch of five home games, I wanted at least 11 points, so that, you know, three wins, two draws. We can still get 12 if we win the remaining three. Um, so there's still opportunity to capitalize here. We're still two games in hand, only a few points off the top bunch, but, um, season's ticking. There's what, 13 games left. Um, sooner rather than later, we're going to have to start making some moves. And I think with three home games against three teams that have not been in the best form, um, I think if, if at the end of this home stretch, we, we don't have a bunch more points then yeah, it is start to. Time to start reevaluating. Over these, obviously, with the honorable kind of focus purely in the next week with the Luden game and the Memphis game, for you, um, what would have to happen in these next two games for you to kind of start thinking differently about the loyal? Would you say kind of anything less than two wins is acceptable? Um, kind of if, if we don't get at least kind of four points, what would you kind of say would kind of change your expectations in these coming two games? So for Loudon and for Memphis, I think like minimum four points. I would really love to win both of them, but if we can't get four points from those games, um, then I think it's start. It'll be time to s maybe to start reevaluating. Um, 
Loudon is not a good team. Uh, Memphis is not in good form. Um, I think really we need six, but anything less than four is, is a problem. And uh, obviously, I know you're a Spurs fan. Would you would you say there's any similarities between being a Spurs fan and being a loyal fan right now? Yeah, unfortunately, I think all of my teams tend to I tend to gravitate towards frustrating teams. I think the A's, um, and I, that's why I've so easily picked up the Padres, uh, loyal Tottenham. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I don't like things easy. I don't like my my good times coming easy to me. Yeah, it's. Uh, like I said I I hope for our sake that this is kind of a somewhat of a one-off game, but I, but I think we know as well as far as obviously watching the lowest so far in the season and kind of how history has kind of shown that we're like this team. We're basically we're never kind of a, a foregone conclusion as far as how the team goes, and I hope that this is kind of a, the kick up the arse that we need and kind of we can push on from here. But I think there's been so many instances where we've kind of got on a good run, then kind of went on the massive stretch of that win come out of that with some, with some wins here and there and then kind of back to this. So, I don't know. I think this next week is going to be a big one. I think everyone says about, oh, we love playing at home. Home crowd helps us so much more. Um, but after that last game, like I said, it's uh, disappointing. It's, uh, like I said, very little to take from it. Um, but we'll try and be optimistic. We'll move into kind of the, the Luden part of the show now. Um, Luden United so far, they are 11th in the Eastern Conference. Only Hartford are below them. They've had six wins, three draws, and 15 losses on the season. 25 goals for, 41 against, only two wins away from home as well. And like we said as well, kind of form-wise, they have zero wins in their last five games. But they have gone ahead and beat Birmingham Legion, uh, Oakland Roots, Tulsa, and Memphis this season. And uh, also with a full week's rest versus our four days after the last game was a 0-0 draw versus Memphis last Wednesday. But as far as kind of how Luden have done so far this season... Um, do you think 11th is pretty much uh, expectations for them right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Luton are kind of an interesting case because they were, for all of their existence up until this year, pri- I think primarily owned by DC United and were their like, uh, B team or whatever you want to call it, two team. Um, but then when the USL started kicking out the MLS affiliate clubs or started moving them down to League One, Luden had some weird language in their stadium contract that meant they had to stay in the championship, and they're now only minority-owned by DC United. So that is all to say they've had like this very weird history and almost no fans ever, but they've actually seen almost 100% growth in fans this year, which is pretty cool. Um, you like to see people start turning out for the more independent-run club. Um, that said, that is a long way of saying um, they've had a very like tumultuous history in terms of playing roster, um, so it's hard to say, like, is this a project they're working on or is this just the 25 guys they could throw together this year as opposed to the last few years? Um, but yeah, they have a couple good players. I know, um, Zach Ryan, I think is his name, um, ha- is maybe on double digit goals, almost thereabouts. Um, he's a name that pops up whenever I watch Loudon highlights, which is admittedly not that often. Um, yeah, they're, a, they're a very young team. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see what they do in the next couple of years. Cause like I said, I think this might be really the, the start of a new era for them, but it's hard to tell in, in the first year there. Yeah. It seems like somewhat of a rebound. And obviously, like you said, as well, as far as kind of somewhat being DC United's kind of um, second team B team and such, and kind of this year being the first year as a kind of independent team. Um, and obviously now they've had a lot of turnover there as well. Um, like touching there as well, obviously Zach Ryan's a top goal scorer right now. I believe he's got nine goals here. Um, Khalil L. Mech, Medcar is a team high for us as well. So 
Not too many assists there. Um, also, Thomas Williamson with a team high, 43 shots, um, although I believe he's only got four goals of them. Um, they pretty much play like a 4-1-4-1 into a 4-3-3. Again, very similar to Orange County as far as how that goes. Um, again, a team 11th in their conference, as you expect, more likely will sit in a bit. Um, look to counter, can not look to really dominate games too much. Um, but again, it's kind of whether we really change our formation, our tactics for this game, where we kind of stick with how we've been playing. Um, and I know obviously that one kind of hiccup versus OC doesn't kind of mean we need to change formation at all. Um, but I do think as far as kind of personnel and kind of especially guys we brought in and where they fit in the team, it's um, I, don't, I don't believe the current formation we play um, allows everyone to flourish. Um, although we all know how much Nate loves essentially the 3-5-2 there. Um, I did want to go over the lineup a little bit. To be honest, there's not really much point um, as far as going through each kind of player-by-player -player basis. Um, I will touch on a little bit, Dylan, kind of how do you expect this match to kind of play out? Do you think that we kind of come out firing or um, kind of play it safe a little bit? I mean, I hope we come out firing. We definitely need to show a little something after this past Saturday. Um, yeah, I think we'll have a lot of the ball. Um, I don't think Loudon are particularly progressive team even when they're like playing at home and are on the front foot um i don't think they score that many goals so uh yeah i would expect loyal to have a lot of the ball especially because that's you know obviously how we try and play generally speaking um so hey hopefully we're attacking on the 109 end in the second half so i don't have to crane my neck to see what's happening at the end of the game yeah i mean i'm surprised the i will say this year we've seemed to attack one and nine in the first half a hell of a lot more than we ever did in previous years i'm sure if the away team wins the coin toss they pick that because i would totally do the same thing oh easily easily um let's say we don't want to go too much of a loud on the soft we've got double header this week um i will move over to memphis next and we'll go through kind of how we expect our lineup to kind of play out um the rest of this week and then kind of the i guess the kind of key storylines from these games too um but looking at Memphis so far, right now they are fifth in the Eastern Conference. They're on nine wins, seven draws, and six losses. Um, almost identical to us I've gotten here as far as kind of our record looks. Uh, 39 goals, four and 37 against. Our away record, they've had five wins, four draws, and two losses. So to be fair, they've done pretty well away from home. Um, although similar to kind of how Loudon have been so far this season, right now they only have one win in the last eight games, and that one win did come in the last game versus Indy 11 um, this past Saturday, a 2-1 win uh, away from home also there as well. So um, Memphis have been all over the place. Like I said, we had, they had a great start to the season. The fact that they've only had one win in the last eight and they're still fifth in that Eastern Conference, which again is um, it's a competitive conference. I will say the Western's a bit closer, um, but there's a lot of kind of big clubs in that Eastern Conference. Um, but Dylan, for you, Kind of, are you a Memphis expected to kind of be around that kind of fifth, fourth kind of home playoff spot? And kind of, or do you think kind of they're punching above their weight a little bit right now? Um, I don't expect them to finish in a home playoff spot. No, um, I know they were one of the top three teams, I think, in the East last year, but they're a weird run club. They let their coach walk. Um, I think Ben Pierman's his name, but I'm not 100% on that. Uh, he went to Charleston and they're obviously flying now. Um, they held on to their best player, Philip Goodrum, despite apparent interest from Europe that unsettled that player to the point that he's actually been traded to Tulsa now. Um, and they just can't seem to keep the ball out of the, their own net, unfortunately. Um, and their last, oh, let's, I just want to make sure I get this right. Uh, they have, well, they tied 0-0 against Loudon, but that was the last clean sheet they've kept 
since June, and they conceded six goals once, four goals once, twice, three goals a couple times, two goals a bunch of times. So anyway, that is to say they're a leaky defense, and I definitely think Loyal will get some chances. Um, so I would really, really like to see us, uh, like we did against Orange County, jump out and get an early one, except like keep the foot on the gas this time. Yeah, obviously, definitely the the Luton game will be somewhat of the, I guess, the quite, I guess, easier game. Obviously, there isn't any easier games really in the whole of the USL. Um, as far as kind of the key standout players, obviously, we know we've spoken about Philip Goodrum um, isn't there anymore. Was traded to Tulsa for basically Tulsa's best player, Rodrigo da Costa, um, who right now is on uh, eight goals, the top goal scorer, and a team high thirty nine shots. Obviously, he's the main guy to kind of look out for there. Uh, Luis Fernando, second with five goals. More are going to be kind of a, on the wing for them. Um, and also kind of other standouts. Aaron Malloy with six assists kind of come from CDM. Bill Hamid um, in goal, although he hasn't been kind of playing um, as frequently. I don't know whether his injury kind of uh, more so rotation in goal. And then lastly, uh, Emerson Hindman, um, former US men's national team uh, international. Obviously, you only got two caps for them and plenty of European experience. I believe he was at kind of Fulham, Bournemouth, um, I think in a few spells in the Scottish Premiership as well. Um, again, still only 20, 27 years old. And uh, yeah, like I said, they've got some good players there. But as of late, not been doing great. But Dylan, for you, kind of obviously we've kind of touched on those key players. I know um, we've probably spoke a bit about Rodrigo da Costa last time. How good of a player really is he? He's one of the best players in the USL and he has been for a long time. And I actually did double check this and confirmed he was the first away player to score at Torero this season for Tulsa when we beat them 2-1 to one back in April. Um, yeah, he is uh, hes just an elegant player. He's one of those guys who plays with the socks rolled down. And uh, he's not quick. He's not that strong, but he just, I don't know, he's got like a brain in his feet. He's a really, really tight dribbler, um, and he just knows how to find the back of the nets. So um, definitely be watching for him. Um, he always seems to pop up. Uh, whenever I watch him play. Yeah, he's just a, a great technical player, like I said, and not the most kind of athletic here and there, but just the, the kind of technical ability he's got is uh, um, pretty good. Um, and then Emerson Hinman, I mean, obviously, yourself being uh, being an American, uh, how much do you know about Hinman, uh, kind of his past and stuff? If you told me you had made up that he had had USMNT caps, I would believe you. I've never heard of the guy. <laughs> Okay, maybe I, I've heard him. I, I think <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think I think he might have been more of a kind of. I think he played when he was a little bit younger. Um, I mean, he's still only 12, 27 years old. That's not that old. Um, but obviously, we always say as far as kind of USL players, they they are obviously good players. But there's a reason why they're in the USL right now. There is kind of some something caught not quite right, I guess, to kind of uh, put in a, a nice terms there. But um, for him to kind of have fallen down to USL. By 27, something must have happened there. Whether I think there might have been an injury, if I'm being completely honest, but I haven't done a huge amount of research on him. Um, and then, as far as kind of their formation goes, pretty much a 4 2 3 1, um, kind of the, I wouldn't say the bog standard formation. It seems like people are moving away from that. Um, but pretty much a solid formation. They'll kind of sit in um, at times as well. And like Dylan's already mentioned there as well, they've conceded a hell of a lot of goals recently. I know in the OC game too, I think that game ended 4 4. Um, but as far as kind of conceding four to OC six to San Antonio, um, there is definitely the uh, possibility to get a lot of goals in this game too. And then kind of moving on to obviously going through both kind of the the teams we're playing this week into our lineup. Dylan, for you, what what changes do you really expect to be made? I know that I'm going to assume the Loudon game we will see more changes. I guess Saturday is going to be 
versus Memphis more back to kind of the reverting back to kind of the I guess the the strongest team we have right now. But um, who do you expect to come in for these uh, at least for the first game anyway? I actually think we might not see many changes. Um, I know that uh, Perez is out injured, maybe theoretically. So if he's fit, I would like to see him play still. Um, but I actually, I've been, I'm looking through our fixture list here, and we haven't actually had that many midweek games and then like short turnarounds. Um, but we did, I will say, we came out firing against Colorado Springs only what three days after playing Dortmund. Um, and then we looked a little rusty against Orange County after a week off. So I do wonder if maybe it would be good for us to just kind of keep rolling with the team we have, albeit maybe some tweaks necessary. Um, just because it does feel like with that long away like run, it was just hard for us to find a groove, you know? And like, granted, we kind of, it needs to happen like, you know, sooner rather than later. But um, I feel like maybe just giving the team a chance to, to iron out the issues from Saturday and like, go again might be a good way to go about it yeah to be honest i don't know i obviously know we made kind of the full five changes and um obviously paris off half time we have no idea about him uh obviously elijah right now um still injured nick moon still out with injury uh ebby out as well um so i imagine that midfield sees some changes but if you look at it really you've kind of obviously got that midfield three of colin um calling corona and charlie You've really only got Guido who can really come into that midfield three. Um, I know Toomey played well a little bit at times, more so in that Guido role. I don't know, don't know if Guido and Toomey can both play in the midfield there. Um, and then, like I said, up top, really kind of the, the darmus muscalusha partnership could be one we go with for uh, for a game here and there. But I don't know. It's, it's um, As far as kind of we've got a lot of players right now, although there is kind of areas in the team where I still think we're um, looking a bit short, especially at fullback right now with obviously Elijah rarely played at fullback but he's an option there with Moon out too we've really only got kind of Bodley um, and if Perez is out as well I don't really see anyone else playing there maybe even a, a semi-midfielder moving out there or uh, a winger like Nate seems to be uh, doing recently as far as obviously Conway playing there um, obviously Perez originally a winger too so I, I don't know there and as far as kind of I guess who is meeting expectations as far as who isn't meeting expectations recently, um, anyone that you would kind of... I, I know we've touched on Guido a little bit. I don't want to kind of go on too much about him. I don't think he played enough uh, on the week and I would have liked to come see him uh, come in a little bit earlier. Um, but anyone else for you kind of you want to expect a little bit more from in these kind of coming games? Yeah, I. so I, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, Guido, I think has not had a great year um, and he does. It would be nice to see him step up. Um Grant Stoneman for me is not having a great, great run of form right now. Um, he seemed a little uncontrolled against Orange County at times, um, and then Domus also. Um, you know I, he hasn't gotten to play that much lately, and he actually you know did score when he played the other day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just it still doesn't feel like he's quite found it yet. Um, and then Toomey was really quiet uh, against Orange County. I know he had a good run of form there for a bit, but um, he needs to find some more consistency. Um, so those would be the ones I really uh, am looking to see them step up in the next few games. Um, yeah, and uh, I would like to see Perez come back in if he's fit. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion, like we mentioned as well. Kind of, yeah. he's been pretty much one of the the best kind of players this season for us easily. Um, with Muna injured still, it's kind of uh, the kind of the wing back main role was kind of 
been forced upon Perez to kind of take it on, on his own. Um, as far as, I guess, lineup to, do you think we see any changes to formation um, come this week to kind of fit in some more of the players like Mushkalusha um, and maybe even Toomey on the wing? And as far as kind of Darmus and Conway in the same team as well, do you, do you think we might see that change? I mean, maybe, uh, but probably not. I think we need to really go for it in these two games. I don't think we can, like, I think we're at a point now where we can't be, like, thinking about rotation and stuff just purely for the exercise of rotation. It's got to be, like, the best available 11 every time now. Um, so, yeah, maybe we try running, like, a, a three-man attack to fit Mushigalusa in there or Thomas, but I I don't know. I something He's going to have to try something, especially if Perez is out, because um, that's the second half against Orange County, ain't it? We can't keep playing that way. Yeah, and uh, I'll move into kind of the, I guess, the, the key storylines to kind of look out for in this doubleheader. Um, the first one we got here, how do we bounce back after a heavy defeat to OC? I think kind of the, the Wednesday game will kind of set the tone um, for the next few kind of home games as well. Um, like I've already mentioned there too, does Nate kind of tweak formation and tactics? In, in my opinion, I think going back to a back four helps somewhat with the kind of fullbacks getting in the team or Bodley at left back, maybe Cam Riley at right back. And then you allow the attacking players to be the attacking players. I think right now with kind of the three-five-two, we rely so much on those fullbacks to get forward and be in the attack that more often than not, we're left with those kind of three guys at the back who, again, will get pulled out position and kind of allow them to kind of go through um, us pretty easily. And then uh, how does Mushkalusha fit into our lineup if he does come in? I, I still um, confused about that move as far as kind of letting Carl Adams go and bringing in a winger when we don't ever play with a winger um, for, for the most part. So that still confuses me a little bit. And then really here, come, how do we approach these games? Do we see kind of a, a change at all or just more so kind of um, trying to fix what we already have? And then, like I said, can Darmus and Conway play together? I think that's really another big thing too. Obviously, they're two of our best players, but they don't ever seem to work together on the field at the same time. And then how does our backline improve from the last few games and whether the formation change does that um, or not, who knows. But anything else kind of touch on there anything else to add um i would just say on the Thomas and conway playing together thing i think when they've been on the field together they've just been there as a strike partnership and i do wonder if they might be better with somebody like perez or guido if he's in better form like right in behind them so that the creative load doesn't fall squarely on one of them which let's be honest would probably be conway between the two of them um i think I would like to see that if we're going to try playing them together, because I think we, as a two, at least in the setup we've seen is not, we're not getting the best out of them. So um, yeah, if we're going to see them play together, I'd like to see us try a little something different there. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think the only way that I can really see them kind of playing together is kind of a, in a, in some of a front three or, or a four to three and one kind of a Conway out wide and Damas up top. Um, although it's like I said, we, we don't know in whether we see changes. I, I do hope at least something changes, but whether we play better with the kind of three-five-two midweek, um, I'm, I'm going to be happy for that. And then lastly, here uh, predictions. I feel like this has been somewhat of a, uh, a somber episode, and um, maybe not a, a joyful and exciting one, um, which I guess is expected after losing a, a derby game, a rival game, which I don't think we've lost in a while as well. To be fair, um, but Dylan. I uh, hope you've thought long and hard about these two games. Um, what, what are you going prediction-wise for these two? 
do you want me to just do both of them like back to back here? We'll go both. Then we'll yeah. we'll get rid of the golf scorers because okay. yeah, that's um... yeah. <laughs> I'll go two one over Loudon. I think it's going to be a frustratingly difficult game where we play well but don't get all the goals that we probably feel we are owed, but we do come out with the win. And then I'm going to go three nothing against Memphis. I think um, we find something against Loudon that we like and we work on it and it goes well. So I'm, there's your little dose of optimism. Okay. I, uh, I think it's a tough, I think going back to kind of, I think I wouldn't compare Loudon to more so Hartford, but going back to that Hartford game, another game where I felt like we could have like, should, should have maybe won four or five nil when we kind of sat back for most of the game. I really hope we don't play like that against Loudon. Um, but who knows? I'm going to go probably with a, we'll go with a three, one versus Loudon and then Memphis. I'm going to probably go, I really don't want to go want to go with a draw here, so um, I will probably. Uh, I'm going to go with a. Um, do I do I go with a draw or not? Um, I'll go two one Memphis. So three one Loudon, two one Memphis. No clean sheets. I just don't. My confidence isn't there in this backline at all right now. So I don't know. Um, but Dylan, any uh, any final words to wrap things up here? Any uh, kind of any signs of optimism for the. Uh, Actually, Loyal yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I actually do have something I was looking at here. Um, you probably notice if you watch this on YouTube, our loyal viewers, no pun intended, I'm often not looking at the camera. I swear that's not because I, I'm, I'm looking at stuff that I'm like talking about, right? And so I've been looking at the tables, um, both the East and the West, but mostly the West. And I will say that other than Sacramento, Loyal's goals conceded is actually there and thereabouts with the best teams in the West. You've got Sacramento with 16 conceded, which is obviously ridiculous. But then San Antonio, 25 conceded. Oakland, 24 conceded. Orange County, 31 conceded. Then Loyal are actually the next best at 28 conceded. Um, so, like, that's obviously not fantastic, and we could be better and probably should be better. But um, I think that with the large enough sample size we do have one of the better goal scoring and goal conceded records in the West. And I, I do hope that that will continue to extrapolate and we can uh, bear some fruit from that. We do still have a couple of games in hand here. So anyway, that's my little bit of hopium there. I mean, I looked at it quickly here too. I mean, we are, uh, we have the third best goal difference in the Western conference, the fifth best goal difference in the whole of the league. So there is some positives to take from it. Uh, I'll be at the very end of the episode and, Hey, if we would have beat Orange County, I think we would have been in a, a much jubilant mood. Um, but I think these next two games really will... Uh, I'm not going to say they, they define the season as far as kind of... I think I, help, I put a lot more on the OC game as far as defining our season. I think we haven't done great against kind of the, these heavy hitters or these teams on form. Um, but again, the one thing that you can either love or hate about the USL and American sports in general is that the regular season um, doesn't mean anything unless you do well in the playoffs. Um Historically, Loyal haven't done one of the playoffs either, but it's a new year, new team, maybe, who knows. Um, but again, thanks for listening or watching, and we will see you guys very soon.